When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gather round. We're going to have some rap music intro now. I got a letter from Tony Rome. The FBI was tapping my telephone. Calm down, my friend. Calm down. I'm all agitated agitated from the drugs I'm on. This Bob and Drew and this life. All right. Also, (laughs) in just a second, I'm going to welcome my good friend Jason Ellis and his fiancee, Katie Gilbert. We remind people to head over to the Bergamot Mega Plus. Uh, Check that out there at the Bergamot banner. Also, the Heal app if you need a physician. It's amazing. Uh, that is an amazing organization. Can I just give a boost for Harvoni? Harvoni Hold is on. magic I'll, medicine. Uh, a weekly infusion <laughs> for me and Dr. Spaz, Dr. Bruce Heishover. Check that out, please. All the family podcasts, uh, Playroom Podcast over at Dr.com. But Jason Ellis, you can see him at the official JasonEllis.com website. Uh, Jason really needs no introduction. He is, of course, Sirius XM 791 uh, radio. You, that's your channel now, right? Is that your channel? Is now? it? Is it going to be? Uh... Seven ninety. Are oh, you talking about on the on the in demand on demand or whatever? It is, is that what that is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just I'm, do what the producer shows me. I don't know the numbers. No, I'm channel forty one. You're, you're on my you're on my fast dial. You know uh, what I mean? Channel forty one. But I, next year I take over a channel. That's good. That's not out yet. Oh, okay. But I can. I already told that you, I'm allowed to talk about it. Well, yeah, I see what you were talking about on Stern a couple weeks ago. No, no, no. I did. I said that I was resigning and. But I wasn't allowed to say which channel I was taking over because somebody else already owns it. Oh. And I wasn't supposed to deliver that news. They were. I got it. Because that it. guy wasn't going to be happy. Oh. Yeah. Oh. He's not. Show business. I, I don't understand. I know, what, right? I understand what took them so long. You, you're really the only other thing on Sirius people would sign up for if Stern's not there. Yeah, I tried to tell them that, but they didn't listen to me or you, Drew. Do they have a way of measuring that? Because I know that to be true. Uh, Tony Hawk once told me that they know that, but... They won't. They would never tell me, or they're afraid of it that it may be true, or something. Maybe because it's hard for them to measure that stuff, right? I, I think that the big boss knows, yeah. but Scott. I don't. Yes, Scott? yeah. But I, as far as we know, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me keep more of your stuff. Ellis Ellistronics is the new podcast. Uh, you can see him at Ellis Mate on Twitter, uh, at Wolfmate on Instagram. I follow us. Katie, you're at uh, at Underwear Wolf. That's right. Underwear Wolf. Uh, and is there anything else we should follow you at, Katie? No, that's it. I, I follow <laughs> at your the Wolf stuff. Knives. You run that company. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, funny you was bring the Wolf Knives up. I was thinking about that company today when I was watching. You were doing something on Instagram, and there was a. I, I thought, wow, how? What is that company all about? Is you know what I mean? It's just oh my, the clothing company. Y- yeah. It's getting picked up in Tilly's. It's going to be in department stores. It seems like a great company. Yeah, it's a complete accident, actually, <laughs> and it's turned into a little bit of a clothing company. I'm now, pumped. Bob, Bob, you probably don't you don't know Jason. No, right? Jason no. and I have been friends for a long. I time. I know you, and, Bob. And, and, and Jason, Jason Bad. is a is a fighter. He's a skateboarder. He's a he's. I don't know how to give, put you in a category. It's a radio host. That's radio host. Really that's well, sort of how I, I think of you too. By the I've way, I've seen you. You go to the Tony Hawk. Yep. 
day, that thing up yep. at that house. Yep. That's why I've seen you guys. Yep. I've seen you guys there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest thing except for it's in August and it's a fucking burning hot. I, I know. I was there yeah. last year. It's the first there. place Elvis ever skateboarded. Wow. In the huge, the huge backyard. ramp. The gigantic ramp. <laughs> it's the weirdest um, thing. How's the podcast going? Good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're very new to the game, but obviously we've been in radio for a really long time, so it isn't very difficult for us to just blend in and start cranking them out. Yeah, but I did the podcast, podcast a couple weeks ago. It was, it was great, I thought. I, I yeah. thought it was on your radio show in an interesting way, but it, sort of, it was strangely um, better. For, for you, I could yeah. see how you would say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. For it's me. a lot less... Uh, Dick and fart humor. It's yeah. a lot more. Let's 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 actually get something <laughs> solved. Talk, talk. Yeah, let's. Yeah, no. It, it, I, I didn't. Like, I didn't think of it that way. But now you mentioned it. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> it's the easiest way to do it. I and, could. And, and Jason has this huge event. It's now twice a year. Yeah, sometimes it's called Ellis Mania, where yeah. at this at the core of it, he takes on an impa- impossible task. Impossible, like a superhuman task. Uh, usually involves getting his face beaten in or having his bell rung. Yes. Yeah. Usually, uh, Katie's smiling. <laughs> Does that freak you he out? Just he just loves it I, uh, a little bit. It's a little stressful, but at the same time, I know he can handle it well, and I've seen him handle it well. So I'm kind of like, okay, here we go. One again. year he had me be his sort of phys- in his corner physician. Sort of, yeah, <laughs> and it was like corner man. But he did turn into a physician. <laughs> it was one of the scariest things I've ever been through. I was like, oh man, you were scared, man. I, yeah, and I and it was a famous screw up. I maybe you want to tell that story that. Well, he didn't know any of the fighters, and some of the people... I didn't pick any of them, and it was more of a surprise thing. I'd fight 10 people back-to-back. Uh, back, 10 different minute, people. Yeah, 10 different people. And some of them were coming in at 270 pounds. They're internationally famous Yeah, some of them heavyweight were famous fighters. UFC fighters, and that was sort of half the joke. There was a couple Kinda of people... Kind of like a gang fight. Well, there was a movie <laughs> once. The What's it called? That's what we based it off. Where a guy fought remember. ten fight anyway, but one of the I I'd already been tired from fighting uh, a couple of guys that are world famous for fighting. Huge. How long? Huge. How long each? One fight? minute. One every minute. guy. Couldn't you, just run, couldn't you just run around for a minute? No, 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 no. I, you know what? Yeah, I probably could have come to think of it. That would have been a good idea. But I decided I wanted to bang with these guys because I thought, you know, everybody's there to see it. And I'm not going to run from them. I'm going to try and... No, the guys your size are smaller. I would knock their asses out. Yeah, and then the big oh, guy, man, I where would were avoid. you, Bob? Because all I did was take it easy on the little guys and fight the good guys. <laughs> and so one of the little guys I saw coming, I, I was like... Yeah, I couldn't breathe. He couldn't I was, breathe. He I was, was really so been, tired. He was rocking. And I had my head down and I was dying. And he goes, don't worry about this guy. He's got his jeans on. And I was and I looked up and it's this dude who happens to be one of the the greatest fighters of all time. Uriah Faber. Uriah Faber. I'm like, don't worry about this guy. He looks good doing what he's doing. He looks anxious. I was so tired I couldn't tell Drew to shove it up his fucking ass, but instead I just looked up and gave him a look of disgust and I was like, You have no idea what you're getting me into here, dude. This oh is not God. going to be a relaxing time and, at and all. And then this year, he very kindly had me sing the national anthem. At, yeah. Uh, oh, great. Yeah, he it did was, that way better than he did so coaching. <laughs> we have so much fun every time we go. We appreciate you putting it I love in. that you do it, dude. To see yeah. you sing that, by the way, was mind-blowing. That was so awesome. That was fun. That's become a side so uh, my friends business are obsessed of mine. Singing with, at the sporting events. You know, Ultimate Fighting. My friends are obsessed. They go every all over. Khalil and Anthony are obsessed with it. Khalil? Is. Yeah, he loves Do you know it. Khalil? Oh. Khalil and Rich, Rick, what's the poker player's name? Rick guy? <laughs> uh, Khalil's friend, huh? Anyways, the they go all the time, and they want me to go, and I just like, something about it, boxing, 
you know that you're going to be hit above the waist, mm-hmm. right? So there's defense to boxing. It's yeah. mostly defense. When you've got both regions can be attacked at any moment, there's no defense. How yes, there is. How? It's totally a defense to all there's of it. A, it's either That's your face or your balls are going to get kicked or hit. No, because no, you, no, no, you no. and I, who are not sophisticated about this sport, the, the one thing that people that when I sit with and listen to or watch a fight with somebody really understands it just goes, look, they're playing chess. It's like a chess game. Rogan says this too all the time. Yeah. It, it's a, everything is they're very. It's one move and then another move and then another. It's everything's very calculated, and and uh, and they can't execute it all the time because somebody you know changes their plans on them. But then they start executing a new plan. How often do people really get hurt in that lower region? Like in like, the balls? Yes. Not that often. It happens, though. Yeah. But it's accidental, and then they get five minutes to recover. I mean, that's... Because that's too personal for me. Like, I've seen a few (laughs) of them. It's pretty rare. I think maybe that just stands out to you, but, I mean, Mm -hmm. the the amount of times I've been kicked in the balls versus... Uh, punch in the head. I mean, holy cow! Yeah, We're punch talking- in the head and being being blacked out. Uh, those are the two big. Yeah, yeah once you can tap. Once yeah. you're di- once you're down on the ground, no it's does. over, right? No, I mean no. in MMA, nowhere near it. No, they in MMA, choke you out. No, you in MMA is when, it's, when you, you hit the ground. I, I, so I went to I went to one of them in Las Vegas like ten years ago, and I was like, oh my god, it's quite See, different. It's changed. Now. Now. Yeah, it's quite different. Oh really? Yeah, I believe that boxing is like there's a sweet science to it. So all the old guys will tell you. And it is like a chess game, like Drew said, but now that MMA has got that many years behind it, there used to be more of just a street fighting mentality. Now it's the best of the best of everything, and everybody knows how to be good at it. So the chess game continues with kicking, knees, elbows, all kinds of spin moves. You go to the ground. Before you go to the ground, wrestling and judo, there's all these different foot positions. You don't do a lot of wrestling, I noticed. I do what? You don't like the wrestling piece as much as some of the other. I do. I just I, I from my skateboard injuries just to stay because a lot of a lot of guys gym, the, I don't their, their first moves get somebody down. Their first mm-hmm. moves to well, wrestle. Well, depends on who you are. Yeah. If you're really good on the ground, then you want to work on getting people to the ground. Yeah, yeah. If you're really good at striking, like I am, then I want to work on standing well, up. I, that's what I thought I was saying. That made sense to me. Yeah, I don't want to go on the ground. Yeah. But Jason has a a, a pretty intense story uh, from his family of origin stuff. You can share that stuff. You were talking about yeah. it again on Stern. And I was you're from Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was a little the America. It was a the weird. South. It was a weird conversation. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying. It was a weird conversation the way they had uh, between Robin and and uh, Howard about. Oh, here. Did yeah. you hear that? Yeah, um, do I remember that? Of course, you, I remember. Oh, that. I think you weren't there. I think it was like. Oh wait, afterwards. Yeah, I think it was a laughter. I was like, they, they were like kind of. I don't know. It was a little. It, it, tell a story, and, and uh, I, I can't remember what they were saying, but it made me feel uncomfortable. It didn't seem. Um, it seemed a little dismissive. Huh? Yeah. I mean, you talk about what the the, the argument trauma, with me and Robin, the, tra- the trauma. No. Oh, oh yeah, that was good too. That was awesome, by the way. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she had it coming. You didn't have well, I tell, tell, tell that me. story first. Yeah. Well. Uh, uh, well, how's it go? Well, you know, I was on the Stern show. They've been on there four or five times now, and. I know Robin, not that well, but I know her. Never really had a problem with her. I might have interest, been interested in boning her at one point. Um, <laughs> but that's only because she was on the Howard Stern show. And I like black chicks too. So There you go. But anyway, um, somehow, because my father molested me when I was a kid, I didn't realize for Your a very- natural father? Yeah. yeah I, I didn't know I was molested until I was about 25 when I took a- Acid and uh, crystal meth and ecstasy. I took a bunch of drugs. I and like those. I had an invisible friend 
and I was in a pool and my girlfriend at the time was watching me because it was three in the morning and I'd be on a lot of drugs and I was in the swimming pool and I wouldn't get out. So uh, she was watching me so that I didn't drown. And then I had an invisible friend that told me that I was molested by my father. And so she called my mother and my mother was like, wow, I really thought he forgot about that. Oh, oh wow. And I, I, I had no idea that this had ever happened. And then uh, all of a sudden the next day, there's a, you know, a bunch of drama about it. And I was not in good shape to be facing that kind of drama. Were you here? Were you in Australia? In Australia. Yeah. It was actually a skateboard demo. So after the demo, it's, you know, I mean, everybody gives you drugs and all that. Because it was a really big demo in Australia. I'd been to America before, but uh, so that happened. And then they, she was like, it wasn't your father, though. It was the next door neighbor. And you got it mistaken because they both had red hair. And I'm like, I don't remember any of it. This is an invisible friend that told me and my girlfriend overheard it. I don't know what you're talking about. And then uh, I just moved on with it. Nobody really touched on it. That was the end of that. <laughs> and then, Let's put that aside. <laughs> yeah, I just remember going, well, I was molested. That's, uh, that's tough. You know, on goes life. And, um, it's kind of the Australian way too, isn't it? It's American way. Yeah, Australia, Australia's got that perspective. Australia is the redheaded stepchild yeah. of America. Yeah, you, the part you don't know. I was I was telling Jason. I was down there six months ago. They are British, and they like being British, and they like being part of the empire. Seriously, a lot of tea in the afternoon. Oh yeah, a lot just of tradition. Yeah. The tradition. No, of it. it's a formality that you just don't. They see brutalize here. their children. They drink like. Oh, yeah, they, with got, imp- they with got all of our worst features. <laughs> <laughs> the main American. <laughs> be- kind of back the best things That's about America. <laughs> That's what I saw. Everybody drank and then treated everybody in a. It's a rough. I grew up rough. It depends on where you are. If you're like a, I think if you're well off, it's different. Mm. I think if you're just average. Uh, middle Australia or whatever it is or a little bit under class it's it's tough you grow up tough it's like I have get friends the fuck up. That were born in Australia their parents told them they're never going to amount to nothing you're a piece yeah. of shit yep, that's I said I, that's America that's American that's how we raise children here right. that's not Australian I think it's just like <laughs> average broke people the drunk dads and stuff so, so, so they put this all aside and what happened well, they didn't put. It, I didn't even address it. I really tried to duck from it. I, I mean, I remember bringing. My dad brought it up once, one time only. This is when I was forty. I relived this and and, and came to the conclusion that it, it was him. But uh, he was like, "Do you do you think you got molested?" I said, "Yeah." He's like, "Do you think it was me?" I was like, "Nah." He's like, "Ah, that's it." Left. Never spoke again about about that. Anyway, but anyway, uh, when I was forty. I went to rehab because I obviously I've been doing drugs and alcohol my whole life, and uh, I had two kids and I got a divorce and um, was extremely de- depressed from the divorce and and the feeling of what I might have caused my children to go through, knowing that that had happened to me. So, drinking and doing drugs made uh, more sense to do, but in the morning, ten thousand times worse than any hanger I've ever I've ever had in my life, and I was really really dark and i asked uh somebody if they could help me and put me in rehab because i really didn't think i could handle it and then when i went to rehab i was like i'm sure everyone's gonna talk about my little brother died and my father died and i'd be like oh you know your your life was tough blah 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 but it sort of went back to this molestation thing and and then i started to remember a little bit more and and i sort of retraced my steps in my childhood because as i just told you i just didn't think about it i just Moved on. I mean, I smoke weed all day. I drink whenever I want to. You know, I stopped doing cocaine maybe about 35, but I just did. I just never thought about it. I just got got busy or, or got high. That was it. 
So then when I really realized that at 40, it was him. And I knew it was him. And I, and I don't think that I could have faced it until I was 40. Did you have an explicit memory? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. I started to remember some stuff. Actually, before that, I started to remember. I knew the dick, but I didn't know the face. And then the face came. Mm. And then I realized who it was and where it was. And then uh, after that, I did some MDMA therapy with another doctor. Wow. Trying to get to the bottom of it. So really, I thought to myself, can't I just go further into it to know that maybe it wasn't him? So that I could... Because my, my Australian family has pretty much disowned me. Or not disowned me, but me and my brother don't speak. I, don't, I won't speak to my stepmother because she thinks that, I, 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 that it's not true and... And uh so this has been a big deal. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's tough for sure. But um then I realized it was worse than this MDMA therapy. I remembered all this other stuff. I always knew when I was a kid, one time I was underneath my bed and I was holding the bottom of the the bottom of the bed springs with my fingers and my toes, so my back was off the ground and I was holding under the bed and I remember somebody carrying a heat lamp which you like a one of those heater lamp things into the room and I was like fuck here it comes and I was like whispering but crying at the same time please don't and then when I did the MDMA Katie was there witnessing this and I was sort of in that world talking about it because the doctor was asking me questions so then I remember that you know it, it, it happened a bunch of times where he would come in and and something would happen and then in the end instead of being in bed I was under the bed and then when I said please don't or please stop I think it was that it did, and that was kind of the end of it, and then I started to think a little bit about, I don't think that he really meant to do that, I think that it was something was that- Was he drunk too? Yeah. When he would do it? But, but I, I, I don't know if he was drunk when he did it, yeah. but I don't think anyone else knew, and he was such a macho man, like he he had a terrible temper and- Was he, he physically abusive? I mean, phys- yeah, like I'm not like, a couple times, it's, it's different, yes, if you were from this decade, <laughs> yeah. but- I mean, yeah. getting beat up for not washing his car or, you know, I used to shit my pants and he would like beat me up with a wooden spoon and he'd end up snapping it on me and Gee, I would be upside down from, he's just really strong. He's just a really tough guy. So everything would just make me fly like a rag doll. Mm. But I never, it was never like, he never knocked me out. You know what I mean? It was almost like he cracked me over the head and I'd go flying across the room, but it was never a clenched fist in the face. And that to me was violence and open hand wasn't. So, I mean, now as a father, like if I cracked my fucking son, I would know that I need to go to jail or I need to get, you know what I mean? Like there's something really wrong with me. Mm-hmm. But then it was just, you know what I mean? Maybe I shouldn't be so annoying. I yeah. honestly thought that. Yeah. Like when he died, I remember putting a little note in his coffin about how sorry I was for being such a hard son to deal with. Because I just didn't know at the time how many, you know, what was right or what was wrong. I just felt like I was... A mistake, <laughs> but whatever. Man, this is going to be tough, isn't it? Oh, this is this is real. Um, How are you doing, generally now? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> just, <laughs> no, but I mean, stay tough. sober and work. Yeah, 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 but I mean, you've been awesome lately, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's tough every now and then. I mean, I'm I'm six months sober on Tuesday, mm-hmm. so congratulations. That's Thanks. awesome. Yeah. Do you think the MDMA, the, the FDA, just approved it for PTSD yeah. with veterans? Yeah. Do you know that? I do. Yeah. So, no, I know about it. Yeah. So, Did it seem to help you independent of the yeah. process? Not only because I don't want to know any more. Like the other, the doctor was like, uh, "Did you get a feeling you could learn even more?" 
If yes. you did it again? Yeah. Oh, shit. No, I wouldn't want to know any more than you already that's know. Where, that's where, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what, do I need any more details to get past this? Like, yeah. I've quite frankly, that was enough. Like, I, I will never forget your details yeah. that you just told just now. I just wanted so. to, I just want to forgive everybody involved in it. And I felt like that was the best part about it is because you're on this stuff instead of, because when I first realized that when I was in that rehab center, I felt an anger where it was like dangerous. Mm. I, I felt like I could kill somebody mm. and he ain't around. And I just felt like I could fucking murder somebody mm. right there. And then no matter where they whether they had anything to do with it or not, I felt dangerous, mm. like you know so strange sick with, and angry you with know? our narratives. When it unfolds, like now it makes sense. The fighting, the skateboarding, not care whether you live or die or whatever. On the one hand, because you're not worthy of live or die, worrying about living and dying, and then, but even in the violence, why does our gener? I'm telling you, us punk rockers are way more insightful than people give us credit for. For what about children? Like the idea, I I was molested and abused as a kid and neglected and a lot of stuff. When I had my first child, even when I was high on drugs. I knew, like, you would never... How did they do that to me? Why is... What is that insight that people have sure next generation? I, I'm not sure it's an insight. It's just... I, how come the prior generation didn't fucking have it? We don't know. We, it's answers, right? We don't know. It's, I, look, uh, the more... the With every... I've got two kids. The older they get, just from time to time, I will have a a little epiphany and, and just and be in utter disgust <laughs> at the people that were around me when I was a child. Yeah. But it's, it's funny. I kind of feel that way too. But what is it? I, I Drew, what is it? Because uh, it really exists. And people think no, that people it, with I tattoos... I think there were people or, there. I mean, Drew's is not as... Uh, how old are you? 58. Yeah, you wouldn't... You think you'd be around at my dad's age. Drew didn't do anything to his kids. There were people that were good. It's just you and my parents were pieces of shit. That's all it was. You just think everybody's... And no, I, I think it's more common because I work in rehab. I hear it all the yeah, time. Yeah, but exactly. You work right. in rehab. I rest my case. Yeah, you hang I, out with a bunch of assholes like me all the time. But I think, I think we went through a epidemic of it for a while there. I in really the 60s, do. 60s, 70s. 60s, 70s, went yeah. through an epidemic. And, and, uh, and I think it just got unleashed for some reason. And then when it does happen... A certain percentage then become perpetrators, and it's not a big percentage; it's a small yeah. percentage. But they don't perpetrate once or on one kid; they perpetrate on. <laughs> so the thing keeps growing. So it grew for thirty years, and now it's starting to go down. Finally, right. seems to me, because uh, people are like you know intolerant, and people that have these impulses sort of understand they need to do something. And the them. thing that the point that you're making when you when you he asked you right, I had a similar situation with my mother was my sister. I don't know if you know the story, but it's unimportant. Tell the story. But I asked her, you know, because our dad was drunk all the time. Though I idealize him, and he's the greatest guy in the world to me, because I was born so way late. But I asked my sister, mom, be honest with me. Were you, did dad molest you? Meaning that he was actually my natural father, right? She slapped my face. And I just took that away of, she said, don't you ever think that about dad. And when I left, I was like, oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why would that be the reaction? And then I started looking to see if my eyes are too close together. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God. How old were you? I was like 30. Oh. Yeah, I don't think that's I that weird. I probably knew you then. <laughs> oh my uh, God. I because I started to know about therapy, you yeah. know, and I, I've been to rehab a bunch of times. And I was thinking, you know, why do I idealize him so much when everyone else in our family hates him? 
You I know feel what like because you go to because you therapy. Did you all idealize this, your dad? Fuck yeah, I still That's do. This piece of him, I still do. That's like Howard was weird about when I called my podcast Electronics because my dad owned an electronics store yeah. and, and it's called it was called Electronics. Yeah, he's like it's like an homage to your father, and I'm like it's not to my father. Like first of all, the name came from I made it up. Well, I sort of feel like it's you're regaining ownership of all ownership. that. Shit yeah, that took I'm like, from I'm like yeah, at yeah, one point that. I was going to change my name. I, I like the fact that um, I was going to tell I was um, I was you know I get I start talking at the radio when that shit happens and I'm like, look, man, this is he is making it his. Yeah, it's and now it's Jason Ellis's Electronic. Yeah. fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. it ends yeah. here. Yeah, I stopped it. Yeah, my kids are they don't they're not. You said be- that on the show, I think too. You said you stopped it with this. You know, you wouldn't impossible. Right. How about at this, at my dad's funeral, I looked at all my sisters and my mom. I was like, if it wasn't for them, he'd still be alive. I blamed them for him being wow. dead. Man. Like, that's crazy shit. I, I, have a, I get a funny, weird Man. sort of therapist reaction. I go, damn, you must have really hated your dad. <laughs> no. He's the greatest guy ever. See? <laughs> that, that's the same as your it sister. like your yeah. dad. That's the same as... <laughs> It's the same as your sister slapping your face <laughs> when you're saying to me. I know. It's crazy. Finish your thought it's on the Har- Harvoni so people understand so why So Harvoni is the new miracle drug that cures hepatitis C, right? Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I was denied it, and then I got it, and I finally got it. I've been taking it, and I called him about two weeks ago, and I was saying, I feel... Could it be working already? Because I feel so energetic. I feel so healthy like I haven't felt in decades. And he goes... You seem hypomanic to me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he's the wrong guy to call about it then. Yeah, that's fucked up, right? Yeah. No, it is so, fucked up. So then I've been measuring it in each, like every five days, it's just more. Like last night, I didn't sleep at all. I, slept, I fell asleep reading that's not to hypo- Elvis. That's not, that's not hypomania. No, but yeah, watch. <laughs> I fell again. asleep reading to Elvis. I woke up, it was like two hours later in his room. I got up, I was up till like three in the morning. I can't sleep. I'm just like, and then... Yeah. With like a dopey, like I can't wait to take another one. Cause oh. you only take one a day. What do you mean? You take a pill or <laughs> yeah, pill, take yeah. a pill of her like and you one. feel it straight away. You just feel like I feel energetic. I feel man. Like, he thought it was first the virus being suppressed. And yeah, feeling. I thought it was the virus is getting killed that yeah. I've been that's been poisoning me and holding me back. Right, but it's really just making case. me manic and agitated. <laughs> right, we gotta take a little break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Well, of course, you've heard me talk about Bergamot Mega Plus. It's derived from extracts of the Bergamot citrus fruit. That's right. This is in the Calabria region of Italy. They use it there like crazy. They've used it for generations. It is something that's extremely rich in polyphenols. Now, I don't typically get behind supplements, but this is one I can I can sign off on. It is known to reduce the risk for heart disease. The Italian government has actually done some very good research on Bergamot, as well as many studies to prove its effectiveness. Bergamot Mega Plus is a natural statin, right? That's an HMG-CoA's reductase inhibitor. That's much like the medicines that people take, I myself take. Lowers triglycerides, raises HDL, lowers LDL. Some people take bergamot with the statin even. So it addresses also conditions faced by millions of people worldwide. That is the so-called metabolic syndrome, which is increased abdominal fat, high cholesterol, high blood sugar, high triglycerides, high blood pressure. And it helps with that. It helps with insulin resistance. Now, I do suggest you, of course, talk to your doctor if there's any question at all. And there are alternatives pharmaceutically that many doctors may recommend. But Bergamet 
Mega Plus offers an all-natural option. Cardiologists and physicians all over the world have recommended it. Its effectiveness is the subject, as I said, of many good quality scientific studies. So to learn more, visit bergamet.com. That's B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T. That is bergamet.com. Or click on the Bergamet banner on our website. I suggest you do so. So Tony Hawk Foundation, I don't know how involved in it you are, but we were down in Watts, Flea and I trying, were trying to find ground to put a music school, a second music school down yeah. there. And they said the Tony Hawk Foundation is going to build a skateboard park right next to the Watts Towers. Are you aware of this? Mm. No. So that's the, just if you have any say and can get back to those guys, that's the only neutral territory of Bloods and Crips is around the Watts Towers. Mm. That's why it's, a, you know, we're, the punk rockers are the ones trying to do shit right. Right, the music school, the skateboard parks all across the United States. So you don't have juvenile delinquency. So you'd have a place to go and belong when your parents are brutalizing you and abandoning you. It saved you, me. Right? That's why I back and, it. And so that's where I've seen him before is at this thing. And it's an annual thing. And I tried at the last one, I tried to get Anthony, my friend, to buy that motorcycle. And it was going up to like 200000 or whatever it was, a ridiculous amount. I was like, it's all tax deductible. <laughs> like, I would buy it if I had your money. Like, <laughs> and then all these kids, they sell a motorcycle for like two hundred grand. It's there was crazy. Cr- crazy auction stuff there. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, I did a thing. I did a, a dinner that they had the other day. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, they asked me to say some words up there. And then... Tony said that they had raised eleven million. Crazy, and and they had turned that into was it a hundred million or oh something my God. that they raised it like they they'd invested or turned it into a hundred million dollars worth of stuff that they've done to help. Yeah, wow. because you get you get uh, free services and all this right. kind of stuff. But I mean, but it's really giving kids homes because they ban skateboard. You can't skateboard in Claremont. You can't skateboard so anywhere. I used to skateboard down Beachwood to my job at the Cathay de Grant with my record crate. Just skateboard down. Now you get I, arrested. I think of it as really? the, more of a white kid uh, activity though. Is black kids getting into it? No, it's streets, man. It's anything street. Go to it's, Fairfax I mean, on a on a Friday night about ten o'clock at if night. You build it, and you'll see the yeah. culture. Yeah. And really, to be a to be a skateboarder, it's usually it's not ethnicities. It's just like poor people that are. It takes it's transportation. It takes will you know what I mean? It's like one of those things where it beats you up. It's hard to do. So for you to keep going, there's something in you that 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 doesn't stop. You know mm. what I mean? There's, so it's sort of. That's what it attracts people that are a little tougher. I feel like mm-hmm. so white people, white kids might get into it first, but they're more like honestly more tempted to be in scooters than on scooters <laughs> than they are on skateboards because skateboarding is no no. There's no glory involved in it for a long time. It's punishment. You look like a bitch on it. It it wrecks you. You just get hurt and you roll your ankles and you don't really achieve a hell of a lot out of it for a while, but you pay your dues and then this this thing happens that is unmatchable to me. Like just being able to control my skateboard after all the years I I put into it was up there with the greatest thing that's ever happened in did my you life. Ever, oh, cool. Did you ever skateboard Hollywood Boulevard where the stars are and it's so soft and smooth? Yeah, I'm a ramp skateboarder, so I yeah. never like I cruised around on the streets. I'm a guy that was just always there was a bowl. I was a guy that caught a train, walked across grass to a bowl, skated the bowl, 
picked my skateboard up, walked across the grass, skated the train station. Street skating didn't exist when I started. Okay. I'm like, so I'm, I'm an older They guy. outlawed it on Hollywood Boulevard years ago, maybe decades ago, but Elvis, my six-year-old, started the skateboard and yeah. said, come on. You can't give gonna, a six-year-old a ticket. You know, I, yeah, so I, you gotta <laughs> I let took it him go. on Hollywood Boulevard and I, we were steering clear, clear cops. <laughs> I, I never answered to him, that. Ever. I was teaching antisocial behavior uh, uh, and Good. authority. Yeah, right. my son gets terrified of that because I have that thing from skateboarding. I won't. I remember when there was a guy that was like, I'm going to give you a ticket for skateboarding. I'm like, no, you're not. Because I was here before you. You can't tell me that this <laughs> now is, this, this bit that, that I used to skate at before it was okay. And now you're showing up saying I'm getting a ticket? No. It's like, yes, I am. I'm like, no, you're not, dude. <laughs> and, and I was big. You know what I mean? So I'm like, and, and I was tough. So he's like, I am. I'm like, fucking try. See what happens. <laughs> and, 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 and I didn't get one. Because, you know what I mean? Security guards. Get the fuck out of here. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you are. I'm like, I'm not fucking going anywhere, dude. Go call the real cops. Yeah. And then when they call the real cops, we run off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you, <take> off. <laughs> then but, you go. But that was sure. the way it went for a long time. Yeah, so yeah. now, like, the whole, you're going to get a ticket or you're going to... Like, it was very hard for me to rationalize, police are coming to get you. And I'm like, what for? <laughs> and they're like, for skateboarding. I'm like, nah, that's not going to add up to me. I can't yeah. let that happen. But being a ramp skateboarder, it's different. You get, yeah, it's, it's my ramp. You're not coming over there. Were you, do you go to the X Games? I I used to. I was in the X Games for a long time, and now I would not really go because I don't. I'm very fortunate. I used to really just want to be, uh, you know, do the tricks, get sponsored, get paid, be famous. What do I need to do to get more famous, to get more money, to be in skateboarding, to be the biggest, most famous skateboarder in the world? Yeah. Because I got a- attached to the bullshit. Because that was sort of what happened. I got good. I got paid. I'm like, wait, no job. Uh, people were patting me on the back and giving me free shit. I, I want, I want this forever. So I'll do whatever, what, whatever I need to do for you to get me more of this shit. Now that I'm older and wiser, I really like they say skateboarding's going down, or some people don't make as much money as they used to. I'm like, man, I remember when I was top three in the world and I didn't make any money. It's like depends on what era you're good at. What I got was what I wanted. I wanted to be same as music. Oh, music is uh, you got to go on tour now. I don't give a fuck about your money or your fame. You don't get into music to be famous and rich. Like I don't get into skateboarding to be rich and famous. I got into skateboarding because I wanted to fly around on my skateboard like a champion. Yeah. By for nobody, for absolutely nobody but me. And in the end, that's what I got. At one point. As far as I'm concerned, nobody could fucking touch me. I was better than anybody in the world at a, at a certain kind of skateboarding that I gave my life to. So I got what I wanted. Because people were like, man, if you would have been good uh, in the X Games around, you know what I mean, like in the last couple of years, you'd be a millionaire. And I'm like, a millionaire? If I was a millionaire when I was 25, <laughs> I'd be fucking you'd be dead. dead. You'd be dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. The only reason I didn't do cocaine to die is because I didn't have any more money to get any more. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was out. It was like, you guys, you know what I mean? Or uh, how much weed did I buy? I bought $25 grams because I didn't have thousands of dollars to buy a giant bag. Because yeah. I would have. Part of, part of skateboard culture to me is like jazz music. Like, they just tell each other the stories. The public needs to know the evolution of skateboarding. It's amazing from what it went to here. And it got invented in this town, Southern California. Yep. What, from these little kids skating because they didn't have surfboards. Well, right? there was no surf. Yeah, there was no surf. But well, they also I, I didn't really it, have surfboards. I remember it being like, good because there was, in the 70s, there was a lot of economic, like, a lot of empty houses with empty pools. Well, that, yeah. that, that was the first stage they of would just pools. Skate in the pool. 
Absolutely. And that was the second but stage. Now, What's going, the first? Sidewalk. 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 Yeah. But going from where it was 40, it's in my lifetime. I watch it. I, had, I remember seeing Tony Alva in People magazine Tony Alva invented the kick turn. It was the in craziest. First wow. person and to we do were a turn all doing it. where he lifted his front wheels. Instead of just carving, he went up and tur- lifted his front wheels and turned around. So I never forgot that because a kick turn is like the first thing that you learn yeah. when you ride a half pipe. And to know that there was a time no one this guy knew, still no one had done. <laughs> you know, I can yeah. go talk to him yeah. where he yeah. was like, oh, yeah, look at me do a kick turn. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I'm like so blown away that that was an actual trick. Like he and was so, known for it. So, yeah. so then it evolves to jumping over the, 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 yeah. the Chinese now the, they're the wall of I was China. that. Yeah, right? I was right there. And when he you hurt himself, watch I, wanted it, to be, I wanted to do it. They the first guy, what was the first guy that had the motorcycle pull him to go up the ramp Matt that he Hoffman. built? Yeah, in Oklahoma. The craziest fucking shit in the world. Yeah, he's Because the they couldn't man. figure out, how does it work that you get going fast enough to jump far enough? And he thought, let's have a motorcycle pull me. <laughs> you know, I have a brutal story about that. I'm a good friend of his. And yeah. uh, he broke the world record for the highest air on that particular quarter pipe. And yes, a guy was towing him in and he broke the record. Then he wanted to go higher and higher. And then uh, this is a guy that is really, uh, I mean, he has kids, Matt Hoffman, without a doubt, the greatest action sports athlete of my time or or, of all time until who knows is coming. But uh, for him to do what he did is impossible and psychotic. We're talking (laughs) real death here, not just hurt, knocked out. He flew out too far, and that's like a thing that if you do that, that's the death that You're can going happen. Straight at, down, he missed yeah. the transition. Now, he fell way further than that. He oh. got knocked out, and it, it went out there. Everybody saw it, and he was in a hotel room. And he was smoking some weed, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, "Man, that was uh, some sweet shit there." That giant air. He's like, "Yeah, I know, right?" And I'm like, "I'm like, man, that's so crazy. You did that." And he's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Pretty gnarly slam." <laughs> He's like, yeah, real gnarly slam. I mean, we're, la- we're smoking weed, laughing about it, because it's tough to laugh about really gnarly slams. <laughs> and he's laughing, so I'm laughing la- louder because he's laughing about almost dying. He's like, yeah, I was in and out of consciousness for three days, and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> that's heavy. <laughs> and we're, and he's, we're laughing again, and he's like, yeah, doctor says I've got permanent brain damage. Oh, now you're really I, laughing. No, no <laughs> laughter. And then for a couple seconds... And then burst out to laughter again because of the uncomfortable <laughs> part of knowing that he's got permanent brain damage. I'm like, well, where are we going to go from here? We're both high on the couch. Let's laugh it up again. Yeah. But he really was a bit slow for about a no, year there. Really? You get but, it coming out but of don't it. you feel like it's a culture that, that just tells its own history to itself rather than people know about this phenomena that happened like jazz music, like, like basketball in America, mm-hmm. this thing that children invented. Mm-hmm. And now is a is a Olympic sport basically. Yeah, well, that's see, uh, Olympic sport is there's two different skateboardings. There's the kids, people that skateboard, and then there's the corporate skateboarding company, which is what I became a part of. Because if you want to, if you want to do it for a living, but snowboarding you get paid, is what I think. You get paid by Mountain no Dew and all these other assholes. Listen, no skateboarding, no snowboarding. If, if yeah, Tony no skateboarding, those, no surfing. If the Z-Bos I mean, no surfing, don't no happen, right? And and they just get stoned surfing or become criminals. Yeah, like you're right. And and now it's just so amazing to me Sideways. that more people don't know what a great thing juvenile delinquents did for this country, because that's what <laughs> was that invented. Bob Angle, Bob was trying to convince me that that's the story of his life. <laughs> you don't understand. I watched it. I watched. I, I it. want to ask Katie some questions. So so 
you're aware of all the trauma that that uh, Jason's been through. Does it does yes. it manifest anyway in the relationship or at times? Um, I mean, it's. I pretty much started dating him right when he was dealing with everything. Mm. So, and I and I, you know, he told me all about it. I knew that he was dealing with some shit. Benji and Joel. Yeah. Are you really shoving my microphone in my mouth? I'm just a radio professional. Uh, thank you. you. Are you, are you they're over here in Glendale, both of them, right? Ah, uh, no. Where well, are they now? They used to be in Glendale. Um, now they're both Hollywood Hills. Oh, How that's small, right. How that. small of yeah. a world is it? I think they still own that house and sublet it to my friend. The Glendale one? No, they sold no, all those they properties. Sold it? Yeah, yeah. I used to manage those properties for them. That's really? Because yeah. Shavo from mm-hmm. System yep. lives in one of them. He did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so weird. I, How small I, I is I the world, Drew, in Los Angeles? I know. She rented it to him. Yeah. It's sort of it's, funny. It's, yeah. it's sort of the music and radio world kind of bound together here as well. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. But it's the skateboard world, too. Tony came to us in like 83. He wasn't skateboarding so much and he wanted to be a musician. He was talking to me in Flint. Alba, Anthony. obviously. Yeah. Right. He wanted to, out in front of the Cathay de Grand, he wanted to be a musician like in 84. And we were like, dude, you're fucking Tony Alba. <laughs> Don't become a musician. Yeah. yeah. It's like no one's <laughs> you ever. You know what I mean? No one's ever happy doing <laughs> like, what they do, Bob. Yeah, everyone always wants to be something thing. different than what they're. What they're now he's like a jazz musician, plays acoustic bass. It's yeah. weird. <laughs> Better musician than we are. And I'm just flashing now. You showed Howard Howard Stern a picture of Katie, and he was like, "Whoa, whoa!" He was he was into it. He I'm thinks, curious what photo you showed him. <laughs> the one where you're bleeding over your tits, and I had oh, blackface on because I couldn't get my bleed. makeup off. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah, I had. I didn't. It wasn't. <laughs> oh, Not that, that one. Kind of <laughs> I, could, I couldn't flick through it all. I was like, "There's one that'll do." <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't. I didn't put blackface makeup on. I, I had. Death metal makeup oh, on, and then I was in yeah. a jacuzzi with Katie and some other girls. I see. And then I was like trying to get it off because it was like hurting my eyes, uh-huh. and I just rubbed it all over my face. And then everyone's like, "Just so you know, you have black face." And I'm like, <laughs> "Well, I'm only in the jacuzzi. I'm not going out anywhere." And then yeah. Katie got a nosebleed because she was using a neti pot. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. That's for the yeah. Yeah. I had like, a sinus infection, and then I was in Vegas, and I very, kept getting nosebleeds. Very exciting story. <laughs> yeah. So then she sat on my head. Yeah. His blood was going down her face, down her chest, down to her. You know, I like, see. I see. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good times. And you still with Benji and. and, uh, and no, we're still friends, yeah. Oh, they're good guys. Yeah, they're great guys. Yeah. I yeah. love them. Just the sweetest. So I met Jason through them. Actually, I met Jason when he was still married. And I was uh, at a Christmas party with my boyfriend at the time, just like briefly met him. And Benji introduces me saying, oh, you got to meet Jason. He ate a shark's heart. (laughs) What? Like of all the accomplishments, all the things you could say about Jason, that's the one thing Benji told me about him. He he (laughs) ate a shark's heart after he killed it. Well, it was still baiting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Is that a Australian... uh no, I was drunk. Okay. <laughs> I was fishing for two days in Mexico, and I'd always wanted to catch a shark. This is before I've, you know, I was on drugs. When you're on drugs, you just, I just want, I wanted to kill a shark because I wanted, I, I wanted to kill everything. Mm-hmm. And I finally caught a shark, and then they cut, they had to cut its head off to bring it on the boat. And then the fisherman guy pulled his heart out. He's like, check it out, it's a heart. And I'd been awake for two days. So I just grabbed the heart and bit it. And then they put it in a video, and then I had the shark's head on my head, so everyone, you know, it turned into this big thing that I didn't think about at the time. But it's funny that he said that to her, because she would have thought that was hot. Right, he probably knew that. But why tell her that? I'm married, and she's got a boyfriend. Such an odd thing to say, and you must meet this person. I briefly met him. That was it. Actually, I ended up at his house again, your house, on my birthday. 
because I, I was going through a, a breakup and I was staying with Benji for a couple of weeks to get my guy out of my house. And it happened to fall on my birthday and we were watching the UFC fights at your house. Didn't you go upstairs with my daughter? I did. Yeah. Devin took me upstairs and we colored for hours. Oh my God, how funny. Yeah. That's so nice. random. And I, I like I wasn't thinking like, ooh, Jason, you know, like I'm just hearing him at this guy's house that I remember the shark heart guy, whatever. But then, you know, eventually he got divorced and we met up again at a birthday Nicole party Richie's or birthday something. birthday party, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Your, how are your kids doing? Your awesome daughter. Yeah. How, she must be like 11. a teenager now. Yeah. yeah, she is. It just happened overnight. Like she got, she has an iPhone. And, oh, here you it know, comes. She cares about how she looks and mm-hmm. boys. She's already gone through her first boyfriend. At eleven? Yeah, that's Hollywood. Yeah, I know, right? And so does the trauma stuff get in the way, or have Jay yeah, sort of come up? I don't. She- I don't think so, really anymore. I I feel like he's been he's processed a lot of it while we've been together, yeah. and I've been you know as supportive as I know how to be. Yeah. Actually, I take credit did you, for did you have getting trauma? him in therapy. Do you have a trauma growing up? Yourself? I did, yeah. Um, when I was I was getting babysat when I was I think three, Ooh. two or three, very young, and Ooh. the babysitter molested me in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. In it was in Alaska, and um, I guess my parents Florida. This, it's a uh, Australia North. Yes, yeah, seriously, it's <laughs> so it's so similar. So it similar. is. It's people flee to those areas. Yeah, everyone's got a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it goes down there or up there. Yeah. Not, yeah, not there was never any like justice that came of it, which bothered me. But I guess, um, I guess the guy w- was a bad guy. He did stuff to somebody else, and somebody I, else beat him up. When my dad went to go talk to him, he was in a full body cast already. Is all I know about that. Um, but that's Alaska justice. <laughs> yes, seriously. Was your dad going to kill him? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I know that I talked to them about this not that long ago, actually. Cause I was like, why didn't you guys fucking do anything? Like I was kind of angry, you know? Mm-hmm. And they said that, um, they didn't want to put me through the, the trauma of like going through a trial and oh, everything. So yeah, which yeah. I, I, I sort of get, but I have a very vivid memory of, uh, getting examined at the doctor's office. Oh, which is equally as traumatizing. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you don't really have a lot of memories from that age, but really vividly remember asking my mom to open me and just, you know, mm. I was okay, but you know, so I guess they didn't want to like make it worse by going through that. But I, I had forgotten all about it. And then, um, I had this thing where I used to always ask someone to go to the bathroom with me to the point that I think I was like seven and everyone was like, I'm fucking, my brother's like, I don't want to, I'm sick of it. You know, he was like a year older than me. He's like, I don't, I'm tired of it. She pees too much. Why does she need somebody in there? And so they took me to therapy and then the therapist said, well, it would be common if she had been molested at some point. And that's when my mom was like, oh, this is you, you know, systemic from that. It's so crazy that, uh, you know, in, in treatment settings now, that's the first thing you look for is trauma. It's yeah. just so common now. It's, it's so, so common. I mean, most of my girlfriends all have at least one instance where they've been molested. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm telling you, dude. It's not just because I work in rehab. I know normal people. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, There's it's something wrong common. with the, mm. the... Most people don't believe that that's possible, though. Well, I, yeah, people that can't, haven't experienced it can't right. imagine it. Right. And I, I, listen, probably uh, Sigmund Freud's greatest error, single greatest flaw, was not believing all the patients that came in and said they were abused sexually. Mm-hmm. He immediately went, well, they couldn't... No one would do that. Yeah. So it must be a fantasy. They must have a dream about it. it must right. be, you know. My stepmother was like, there's no way that, that your father would do that. And I'm like, 
after, like he cheated on you with everybody, and you knew it, and you broke up with him a bunch of times, got back with him, and then he swore he'd never do it again, and then after he died, we found out that he was doing live sex shows, and he was a gigolo. And people what? paid him to have sex, go over to people's houses and have sex. Behind, so you didn't know that after he died. You found out that how did they find out? I found out because I, the guy I used to work with at my dad's shop when we were kids, he took me aside and told me like two years after my old man died. He's like, "Yeah, you probably don't know about this, but you know your, your old man did this and that." He's like, "I called him once and said, you know, would you do gay shit?'" And he was like, "I wouldn't do gay shit." And I felt like that was a complete lie. Like he just said that to try and cover him. So, and and if you're 54 years old, who the fuck is hiring you to have sex with somebody? Like, get what out did of he here. die? It's like Lenny Dykstra. He tried to. If Lenny Dykstra's a fucking liar, he didn't. He's not getting paid to fuck anybody. That's a lie. I love that. That, that, was, that was the other moment in my car when I gave you a so slow clap. He he, he blasted Lenny Dykstra. Lenny Dykstra yeah. like whimpered out, just like. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's yeah. sort of slunk out I mean, of your He usually studio. like pushes people around. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to get away with us. Look, I can relate. I, you know what I mean? I dress like a big scary person because I'm terrified. You know, once you get... And he's like one of those people who's never tried to fix himself. Was he's he still high the, all the time. Was he one of the ones blackmailing Charlie? Charlie Sheen? Oh, wait. Lenny was trying to black. Man. Well, somebody was blackmailing Charlie Sheen. That's what he says, that they knew he was a. Why would positive. Lenny Dykstra know anything about Charlie Sheen? He was Sheen. living at his house. Oh, oh, well, then, yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. That, that will do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, just, I would just say, go ahead, tell everybody. Who's going to believe you, you fucking idiot? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't probably have to pay yeah. him. I would tell, honestly, Lenny Dykstra tells me a, a deep and meaningful tale. Uh, I mean, it uh, depends on who you are. I, I, like to, I like to think of myself as a. Uh, intelligent man and when he was tell- he was on my show and I was like bullshit is what you're spinning to me right now fucking <laughs> fidgety foot chair yeah and then you say you look kind of high to me or whatever you say uh, you look yeah. like you're kind of jumpy you're kind of talking are you high right now yeah and he just got super angry and I'm like yeah well that's what a high guy would do when you call him out yeah if you weren't high you'd be like no <laughs> like, well, it's pretty easy nah it's the Harvoni yeah yeah Harvoni <laughs> no didn't he go to jail he went to jail too I who thought. Lenny Dykes. Yeah, yeah. Did he get beat up again the other day by somebody? Which makes so much sense. Cause I he's, don't know. He's so feisty. But he was a part of, I don't know if you're aware of sports, but Doc and Daryl, Dykstra was on that team too. Wow. It's yeah. fucking crazy who was on that team. There wasn't a healthy human being on that team. Yeah. My co-host uh, for Electronics and the Jason L Show, he explained to me a little bit more about Lenny Dykstra and and what? Because apparently, Telly wanted to get his autograph when he was a, a little people, boy. People have a lot of. Yeah, uh, he looked up to him. Yeah, looked up for that stuff. Yeah. Um, Will, you were t- last time you were on Stern, you talked about Will. I didn't realize he had worked for Stern too, or something. It's a- he worked on the same channel as Howard. Oh, is that he was what a it was? DJ? Because because the only th- only I mean I was like Will, but I, the other day at the airport when he was sitting. Thirty yards from you guys and wasn't making contact. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? It's always the way. That's what you said. I'm like, I, that doesn't seem. That does not. <laughs> He's a really I, strange man. I kind of had trouble reconciling. Then I found out he, you know, worked with Howard. Those guys years ago. I thought, what? Who is this guy? Yeah, I mean, things are different these days. Uh, you know, for the show, people on the show, we don't talk to each other too much because I think it used to be if you talk too much outside of the radio show. I'll analyze your ass and figure out something bad about you and tell Talk everybody about, about it. it on the radio. How'd you get Tully? Tully was hired to work in LA and help Will. Somebody else hired him? You didn't hire him? No, I didn't even know him. 
he just came in every now and then. It's really smart to pull. He's a smart dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I pulled him in to try and talk to I was talking by myself for four hours a day. Yeah, yeah. He would walk in. I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? And I'm dying to have a conversation <laughs> with somebody else. And then Will would say, don't talk to him, which made it oh. more irresistible not to talk to Tully because I knew that it would piss Will off. Yeah. And I was just playing everybody, having fun, trying to keep myself amused for four hours. It's hard. Four hours radio is hard. By yourself, That's yeah, insane. Yeah, it's insane. It used to be, but look, I had that. I had that passion. You know, I had that drive. I just wanted it so bad. I didn't. Yeah. Four hours was, was not, wasn't long enough. Yeah, I was like, how many people can I get to listen to this show? Yeah, in four hours. Yeah, and people called. People listened. I never had anybody. You have a lot of Canadian listeners. That was the thing that, yeah. that struck me. It's very popular. You come. You come. To one of his events, as a shitload of Canadians there. It's oil. It's the oil miners. It's all those guys. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. yeah. All the, the, shale, the shale oil guys. Well, they're all in cars, and they're all... If you drive, oh. then you can become... Because I don't feel like you can... If you listen for five minutes, I don't think you get me. Especially back in the day. I was way more harsh and just brutal. Now, I was a little bit more open-minded. So, just be my, mainly offensive, and I wouldn't, buy, I wouldn't surprise me. See, but if you listen for like an hour, just I'm pouring my heart out, and if and, and you might, there's like a connection. I think, see, and there's a lot of scars. People relate to it. Bob, Jason, I want to do like an odd couple show of some kind. It's oh, I, I have an idea for that. I have one too. I'll, I'll tell you when the <laughs> okay. But some some it has come. It's something's actually happening. Really? Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll okay. Tell you. Uh, how weird would this be? <laughs> <laughs> a good combo. Yeah, it's right. awesome. Get him on a skateboard. <laughs> oh, well, he'd need a doctor. <laughs> Episode three. You sent me down a pool ramp. Yeah, I am not doing that to you. <laughs> you do the, what is the Tony thing that he first did? We get Drew to do one of those. Uh, no, how hard not. would that Bob, be? I thought you were my friend. Uh, for, yeah, I am. And that's why you're not no, doing it. Yeah, no, he doesn't give a shit about it. You want that harmony? He'd be great. So <laughs> he, played football, he played football in high school. So what? That's got nothing to do with it. You know the one thing we've, we've, we've been saying talking a lot, a lot lately on this program is about how sobriety is not a, a straight line or an, a, a digital event. It's a it's a process that, that takes time and you come yeah. to it and it evolves and it's not just about using or not using. There's sort of a bigger evolution to it. Yeah, you, you know you got to stop using before anything will change. But there's so much more. How, how what's different now? Um, man, what is different now? Well, mood swings. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, you, <laughs> yep. now you're off it. You have mood swings or before you had mood swings? Uh, before. But no, I don't mean yeah. what's, what is it like to be off drugs? I mean, how, how, how is this time different? Oh, um. You've got a system this time. Support system. Yeah, a support system. You're in treatment too, and, right? You're, and, you're, uh, in a, you're in intensive therapy. I think the therapy before yeah. it helped. But I think the therapy that I did to really to get Katie back because mm-hmm. I lost Katie. I didn't it, know that. Yeah, yeah, we broke up. What happened? I was I was not talking to him anymore. What? To the point that he had to leave like a handwritten note on my car. What happened? Um, he just, he was really dark and just doing a lot of destructive things, uh, to our relationship for himself, really pushing me away. Was she getting too close? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that at the time. If I knew that at the time, I would have made the adjustment, but basically I was the third, I've only loved three people in my life and I'm like, I'm doing it again. And after three, even at that point in my life, I was like, it's not them. It's this is the third person, and they're saying the same shit the other one said. 
this is you, dude. Like, mm-hmm. this is all you. Were you in therapy at the time? No. So no. Oh, I'd been trying to get him. Yeah. I, I programmed the number in his phone. Joel, Joel was in Joel Madden gave recommended me, that therapist. Yeah. And, and I'd been trying, but, you know, I can't make him go. And so, you know, after... I don't know, months had gone by and we eventually started te- talking a little bit and I was like, you know what? I can't even be your friend if you don't do something to fix yourself. The number's in your phone. Here's the name. Call this person. Start seeing this person and and I'll consider letting you back into my life in, in you know, what kind of therapy some is regard. Um, what kind of therapy is she in that she could do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. What, what, sort of- what gave you the strength to do that? All their friends hated me. That's true. That's sort of how I know she Katie was like, to you be. can't bring me back around. <laughs> that's that's really? Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's how I know Katie to be. She's very like... Yeah. Uh, but, right? When I, the time I, comes... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a strong person. <laughs> yeah. I'm a blunt person. I am caring and I will be patient, but my patient... It does have a, you know, it drops off and it's gone. <laughs> so is he doing like cognitive behavioral therapy or, or um, emotion focused or trauma? I'm not sure what that means. Is he uh, helping you with your thinking? Yes. A yeah. lot? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because he yeah. changed my life. Yeah. That, that's how, yeah. He helps me with my kids. That's to me, he helped me get Katie back, but not so much get Katie back, make my relationship. I, mean, I don't want Katie back if I'm going to make Katie's life so give me, give me an example of how he'd work you through that. Because this is this is stuff you and I never really did a lot of. We did a lot of emotionally focused therapy, but not a lot of cognitive behavioral therapies, and they've been shown to be very effective. So, uh, well, a traffic one will be a good one because uh, that's the easiest one I can remember okay. is uh, traffic. Uh, you cut me off, I'll cut you off. You say fuck you to me, I'll get out of the car. If you want to go, I'll fucking go. Yeah, that's embarrassing to me. Yeah. A, 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 a the the real Jason Ellis finds that to be incredibly embarrassing. I would never do that, but you can push me to the point where I will fight. And so, what do you start doing? What you're thinking about? He that? started tell. He would tell me scenarios of things that he'd done and the 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 uh, the the consequences. Or one time, I was driving and this guy's in front of me, and I'm like, "Fuck, get out of the way!" And I go around him. Or he told me it was a story where and uh, he went by and it was uh, somebody that was the same age as his father. And that somebody had done that to him while he was in the passenger seat with his father, who's an older man. And he's like, you're freaking out on this guy. This guy doesn't know how to drive any better. And then and the biggest one was, my son plays soccer. He's really good. He's at a higher level than everyone else at his, uh, for his age. Imagine if he played soccer and told everybody around him that they were pieces of shit and kept kicking the ball around them. That would be obnoxious. So I'm a really good driver. At least I think I am. Uh, so I so if you can't drive as good as me, I'm going to beat my horn at you. If you don't get out of my way, you're a moron, and and I'm the better driver. So I'm just bashing people for not being as good as me. So when I realized that, it sort of took the it it it, it was a mental note, and to know that my kids are watching mm. and that it could rub off on them. And then when I did make the adjustment, and when my kids would say, "Wow, Dad." You've really you're really doing well with that. That was like it was like confirmation that what he was doing was working and then from here from there on out Keeps it was building. it just changed. I mean my daughter has said to me before it was like hard actually to maybe kind of cry for a second but she was like you know I don't we don't me and Tiger don't like it when you um you use cuss words 
because I, I don't I don't cuss, but if someone's like uh, you know for a while there, if someone would yell at me, I'd yell back at him. And he's like, ever since you ever since you've got way better, I can't remember exactly what the sentence was, but it was like, ever since you've been working on yourself and you're way better. We, you know, we really like the way you are, and we don't like it if you if you use cuss words because it scares you because it scares us because it reminds us of the old daddy before you got better. Mm. And I'm like, before I got better, mm. I'm like, man. So just and and I'm sure and a lot of his drugs and stuff too, and because they don't know that it, I'm in right AA or anything, right? And I'm sure what what back you then you would have told yourself, no one knows I'm doing drugs, no one knows I'm you know no. what I mean? addicts tell themselves stuff like that. I race cars, I know. Yeah. I remember Katie. The guy called High Ron, remember? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do they call him High Ron? It's like, because he's high all the time. And I looked at Katie and I was like, I just smoked a giant joint in my car before I got out in the race car. Like, <laughs> these people don't know. I'm like, nobody knows. But Your kids obviously, know. Like, well, Your kids know. They, mm-hmm. they don't know the reason behind it, which is because they're still young. And they, I think they, they get older, they your, might know. They know your presence or non-presence. Yeah. And when we're focused on anger, well, no, they things, feel they feel what's coming off your body. Yeah, they feel the intensity, the anger, the agitation, whatever it is. They I feel. don't care if it's what, mm-hmm. what drug they can put a note to it. It's it's since I've got better. Mm. That's all I know, but and that's the, all I can't. It kills but, me to know that there was a not better daddy that they were living I, with. I kind of heard Katie say the same thing though, right? Yeah. No, he's. <clears throat> his moods, everything is—it's—he's a different person. Yeah. It is—it's better. It's much improved. You, it's like you s- stop and take the time to sort of assess things, right? And you used to you used to just react emotionally, right. yeah. and that's the other thing—the reaction thing. That's my therapist explained to me. Mm-hmm. A lot of my reactions, same with all the gay stuff that I would get got involved in. There would be things where I would take the power back. I would get you to do things to me because men made me do things to them. So I would get my power back. I'd make you do stuff. I didn't like you. I wasn't even into it. I would just make you do it, and then you get the fuck out of here because I, I, get, I get them back. I'm taking how, my power back. How do you get your power back now? I have my power. I don't, you don't, you don't, I don't need go. to take my power yeah. back. I have it. Yeah. Just, you know what I mean? If I, I, it's, there's a, I mean, just what I do with my penis these days compared to what I used to do, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, Katie's been always supportive of of everything I've done and helped me go through it and not made me feel bad for any of the stuff because I hate myself for for it more than anybody could, and and I'm the kind of person I think it's an addict's mental the way they are mentally is I'll berate myself for the things that I've done over and over again. Mm. I'll just keep going in the back of my head. I'll be driving and I'm not even thinking about driving anymore. I'm just going, you piece of shit. Why would you let that person touch you? Like, uh, 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 uh. And, and, then I'll, and then I'll snap at someone and they'll be like, whoa. Because like, you, you weren't in my head for the last two hours attacking me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm attacking me. And then the reaction thing would be, I am reacting to shit that happened in my childhood. If you get into an argument with me, all the times that I was beaten or, or abused, when we get into an argument, no more this happens. I will I will freak out on you. This could be an argument about a parking space when I'm arguing to be about a person that was trying to rape me. And you don't know that. How do we I get... And my, my question is how do we get people at large to understand they do that? 
Oh, that's where I see a therapy. So, you the, have to go. The people, yeah, but they, they don't think they, it works. They don't think it works. They don't, they don't understand what you just said. Yeah. They, that people they don't understand how it could be that there's something left in your body that comes out. It's it's like a well, I, trigger. I think, I think we've become a society that doesn't allow criticism. Like I just mm-hmm. with Mary, I tried to criticize her grandparents who raised her. Who who she was so defensive. Like you can't criticize dead people. Uh, you can't criticize parents. Every time I talk with parents, I deal with a lot of codependent parents that have 26 year old kids that they're micromanaging and 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 i try to get them to like back off and and if it seems like criticism they always jump to it it seems like you're saying that i don't that i don't love my kid yeah right they're so defensive Mm -hmm. we're so defensive about criticism of parenting and parenting is what causes all of these things as opposed to saying you know examine it like well what makes say that what do you think where does that come from Right, I'm not so sure, but let, tell me more because you want to learn, you want to expand. So I can tell I was always you're wrong. Yeah. Let me tell you, you're wrong. Oh, let me try. No, I don't want to hear it. How did this you're guy? Wrong. How did this guy get your confidence where you could listen to him that way, the therapist? Because Katie would say you've changed. So, so well, but the girls, you, this, this, this the children that profoundly affected both of them. No, I when understand they both the, would when say it started something. going. It's it, it was self reinforcing. But I'm wondering what he. Why'd you to give do. it a chance? Yeah, what, what he had to do to get get to you to reach you i i res, i i i he's an intelligent man and i believed it you were just you needed help the you way re, no, you ready for help. no because I've, I've talked to people before yeah. he I, he was smarter than me i've had therapists before i'm like mm. i know you're full of shit got it there was something you made a mistake and i caught it and now everything you say is a lie which is not really the case yeah but there were therapists in the There's past where they said I, something i'm like are you not even You've already used this analogy you remember before. Are yeah. you just regurgitating shit? Is this like a and then and then I'd be off, I'd be gone. Yeah, well, yeah. that's a combination of reasons. A lot of therapists aren't that skilled. Yeah. Right? So people same you know, as doctors and everybody right? else. Yeah, same, same as everything else. But there's something about when you're ready, you'll find the person. But I had yeah. the exact same experience with Roland Kim. Dr. Yeah, yeah. Kim yeah. was the guy that got through to me. And I I told everybody, everybody would say, what the fuck is it about this dude? Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're around Drew all the time. You're around all these people. And, I, and I, all I can say is I thought he was smarter than me. Right. And he was the first person. Would, would it be? Would it be? And, he, and t- let me tell you something else. He was the first person that was a devout Christian that I respected hmm. instead what, of ridiculed because right. I'm an atheist. Right. Right? But Bob, was it, was it smarter? Something about, or something yeah, he something had something about wanted. him. Something he had you wanted? Right? Is that what you're saying? Something... I mean, I, I agree with I Bob. Just he just felt he had an insight about life and, it, and I felt, felt that he could teach it to me. Okay. And I had never met... And I think there's a part where you were saying, Drew, that I was ready... But there's two to, components to I what like, I just please. said. Yeah. I, I knew for for once, I, uh, I knew I was wrong yeah, yeah. about everything. So if you're way smarter, I'm, I'm open now. Please like, help teach me. me. Yeah. But let yes, me, ask, please let me tell me. you the exactly. thing of how I yeah. experienced it. Because I was around you all the time. So so I was I thought this man was smarter than me and he or whatever it is, and he could teach me. Now, you could teach me too, but I'm not open to it. Because we're friends, because we yeah. work together. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you would bring so me it's got to be the right person. You would yeah. bring me this stuff all the time. And I'd go, Bob. He's I, been I'm telling sick. me this. <laughs> I'd go, Roland's such a fucking genius. You know what he said the other day? And he'd say, I told you I, that like 10 times. 
I go, Bob, this is all I've been trying to tell you. And it's then like, I kept building Roland up. This went over for eight years, yeah. right? And I used to tell him, Roland, but you're like a genius. He goes, I am just garden variety psychologist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is what you, which like, is what you want. No, dude. Uh, you're you a fucking somebody, genius. But, but somebody who is really good. You know, somebody, really good. Yeah, somebody who... who They've all they've studied a lot of this stuff now, and the number one most important thing in terms of what uh, the impact of the therapist is is not the the style of management, it's not the techniques they use, it's who the person is and their ability to connect with other people. We got to stop, wrap this thing up. Uh, awesome. Privilege is all, man. Good to see you. Thank Thanks you for, for being here. This, me. Katie. Thank you for. I, I, you. I feel like I know you now a little bit. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know all the stories. You know, yeah. so I spent got he a lot and of I, stories. He and I get talking up, but not with you, Bob. Anything before we wrap it up? It was fun. It's fun. When's your Harvoni done? <laughs> I got weeks? five more weeks, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm amped up. I will worry about where you're going with this. All right, we're gonna see. Oh, I'm gonna remind everybody that. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at This Life Podcast. Uh, don't forget the Amazon banner, com for the holidays. Bergamet.com. Bergamet, N-A, is that right? No, I think it's just Bergamet.com uh, for the Bergamet product I always talk about. And of course, Heal, our friends there. And we like hearing from you, so go to com and uh, sign up for the email list. And uh, we also have the Dr. Drew's News for the part of the weekly infusion I do with Dr. Bruce, Dr. Bruce Heischauber. Check out all the family podcasts there. We'll see you next time. Boom.